Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 179 called Peter Murgatroyd. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited for today's episode. Peter Murgatroyd, as you know, is on Dancing with the Stars. She's one of the pros. She is effing amazing. When I flashed out that I was going to be having her on my show, everybody was like, I love her. And I do too. She's so incredibly cool. As you guys know, she's married to another pro on Dancing with the Stars, Max. And they have a son named Shai, who's now five years old. So today, Peta is going to tell me all about her secondary infertility journey that she's still in the middle of right now. So Peta and I are going to talk about all the things, her three miscarriages, dealing with loss in the middle of her Dancing with the Stars season, why she felt embarrassed and ashamed by having miscarriages, which I think so many people can relate to, why she feels it's so important to talk about it now, how she and Max have dealt with it together, and what happened when she started IVF, which just started in June. So she is incredible. I'm super honored to have her on the show. Thank you so much, PETA. And without further ado, this is PETA's Infertility Story. First of all, thank you so much for being here. I'm really, really thrilled to share your story. And I love how you've been so open about everything you're going through. I'd love to start with your son who's five, right? Did you always want to be a mom? You know what? I didn't. I, I thought that I only had those feelings come up in me like when I was about 28. But prior to that, I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll wait for as long as I can. Like I always wanted to be a career woman always be working. Um, I didn't know how I was going to be pregnant and have kids and still be able to dance and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And which is, uh, you know, such an immature way of thinking really. And just, um, a little ignorant, but it it only kind of hit me when I was 28 and I was like, Oh, cause I had met my now husband, Max. And that was when I was really had those feelings of like, Oh my God, I would, I would love to have a child with him. So yeah. And then I guess it happened quickly. We had a baby out of marriage and we were engaged. And then I think I was pregnant six months after that. And yeah, it all kind of happened naturally. And the first time we tried, so it was easy back then. And right. not so much. <laughs> I had the same thing with my daughter who is now almost 13, actually. You know, I, we didn't have any problems with me getting pregnant with her. And I had, you know, secondary infertility, four losses between her 
and my son, who I actually ended up having through IVF as many people who listen to the show know, but let's talk about you and Max. Like when, when you guys started to try for the second baby, was there a conscious effort there? Was it, you know, we want to, we want to give shy a sibling. We want to have a big family. What was the train of thought? It was, it was, I had been ready a year prior to when we had started, but I guess we were always thinking about the next job. And I, in hindsight, I regret that. It was almost like, oh, but Dancing with the Stars is going to call me. You know, mm-hmm. I've still got a season on my contract. You know, I want to do that season. And and then it just got to the point where I was, it was 2020 and I was dancing with Vernon Davis on the show at that mm-hmm. point. And I just decided to, we decided, okay, let's give it a go. Let's do it. I can dance pregnant. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up getting pregnant uh, the first time we tried again. So Max mm-hmm. was just like, woohoo, I've got super sperm and like totally you know, <laughs> manly thing. He's like, I can do anything, you know? <laughs> right. Were you guys uh, like, this is a piece of cake. This is every, yeah. you know, every time we try, it just happens, right? Yeah. And then I was pregnant for about a week and a half, nearly two weeks of like pure bliss. And then I just knew something was wrong. And then it happened and it had mid-season. I was still dancing. I was still on the show and it was very traumatic. It was awful. I'm so sorry. Was this the miscarriage when you were in the Whole Foods that you were talking about in 2020? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did happen to people that might not have read the people article or heard you talk about this before? Was it bleeding or pain or? So the day before it happened, I was feeling a little ill. I was feeling a little sick and I, I didn't get any nausea in my first pregnancy. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe it's different, different child, whatever. And then the next morning I jumped on the treadmill for literally 15 minutes. I did a jog. I got out, had a hot shower and a blob of blood just fell on the floor after the shower. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Again, trying to keep positive, telling myself like, don't freak out. People get their periods, like a full period during their pregnancy. I know plenty of women that have had that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I couldn't get hold of anybody. I think that was one of the other traumatic things was I was calling every doctor I knew. Mm -hmm. Nobody was picking up. I was leaving voicemails. I had to take out a car GMC in to get fixed something happened to it. Mm -hmm. And I walked across the road and I was still bleeding, just spotting at that time. And I went to calm myself down. And again, nobody was getting back to me. Um, Max was out and I just had to take myself to the toilet because it got a little bit too bad for public, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Like I couldn't just sit there and let this happen anymore. So took myself to the restroom and yeah, and that's where it happened. And it was bad. It was I'm just so bad. sorry. It's such a traumatic experience. It is. And, you know, one of the things you said, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Nobody was giving me answers or giving me advice. Like finally the nurse got back to me and she said, oh my God, was it was a, a lot of blood? Was it a little bit of blood? And I said, well, now it's a lot of blood and I need to know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> so then I drove myself in and they gave me a blood test and yeah, I had, had a I'm so sorry. One of the things I wanted to ask you about that I thought was really relatable was you said you were kind of embarrassed and like ashamed. And, you know, you said, this is your quote. I didn't even know how to utter the words and have that sentence come out of my mouth. I had a miscarriage, which I think is so common and relatable. Tell me about that shame and embarrassment. Why do you think you felt that way? Uh, I, I, number one, I guess it was just maybe an ego proud thing. I'm a dancer. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm an athlete. Like how could this happen to me? 
uh, that was my first original thought. And that might sound crazy, but I was like, I take care of myself. What's wrong with me? How could this happen? I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe it was the treadmill. And then all the blame started coming on. I was racking my brain to think every second of the day, what did I do? What did I eat? Did I, did shy jump on me at that point? Mm -hmm. But I pondered over how I was going to tell the six or eight people that I had told that I was pregnant. I pondered over it for weeks. I kept mm -hmm. it a secret while they were still asking me, how am I feeling? Are you excited? And I would just lie. Mm -hmm. I would lie to the, my housekeeper that would, I would be with all the time. And I, I, I was very ashamed of lying. And then I was just, I couldn't even describe how I was going to start the conversation. I didn't know, do I sit people down and I say, hey, can you please stop asking me about this now? Or was it a sad topic? Was it a, I, I didn't know how to begin. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I also didn't want to be in a constant sad state having mm -hmm. to tell each every person. So yeah. I was just trying to find a time where I could tell each couple at a time and just kind of weave it in there and weave it out. But you probably know what I'm saying. It's hard to explain. Totally. I just felt I didn't know how to say I don't have a baby anymore. It's hard to kind of unwind that. And it's hard to even broach the topic because you know that it's going to be an exhausting conversation and it's almost like reliving the trauma every time. And, yeah. you know, then you get all this sympathy, but it's like, sometimes you don't want that. It's just, it's, it's tough. That's, that's a good thing. I didn't really want the sympathy because in my mind, the next month I was going to be pregnant again. You know, mm -hmm. I was just like, what, what if I don't say anything to anybody? And I wait a couple months, I get pregnant again, and then I'll never have to say it to anybody. You know, I had all exactly. of these, all of these things going on in my mind, all these different scenarios where I could keep it under wraps. But yeah, I just, mm -hmm. I felt terrible if I didn't say anything, it was just building up. So yeah. And were you still working at the time? So were you still on that season when this happened? So how did you, I mean, I'm so impressed with, I have to say, like, as women, we're like such badasses, right? Like going to work and doing what we have to do and putting on a brave face and all that. How did you do it? How did you go to work every day and go about your life every day? So that was my first thing is that I didn't know how, I didn't know how to call dancing with the stars and tell them I could say, you know, I, I I'm sick, but I didn't want to lie because they're going to check up on me and ask why I'm not there. Can we have a doctor's note? Like all of this stuff. And I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want to divulge the information that I had a miscarriage also. I wanted to keep mm -hmm. it to myself. So mm -hmm. ultimately I just, when I have no choice, I'm going in. Mm -hmm. So I went in and it was, it was dreadful having to put on a happy face mm -hmm. when knowing that I was so utterly sad on the inside. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was hard to mask. Um, a couple of people asked if I was okay during those weeks and, you know, I wasn't my normal bubbly self and I put on, put on a show yeah. You know, I, I danced until, until the end. And, um, yeah, it, I, I didn't know how to tell dancing with the stars that I had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what about Max? Like, how are you guys doing as a couple? I've been really open about the fact that just infertility in general was really hard on my marriage. And there was a point where my husband and I were like at an impasse and I wanted to keep going and he was done and it's just right. so complicated. So, you know, how is he dealing with, the loss and grieving and were you guys grieving differently or? Yeah, I, I do agree with you in that it is hard. He, he's a very supportive guy. Um, I think we grieve definitely in different ways. I think the miscarriage, the first miscarriage hit me so hard that he did have to sit me down after about 
four months after that because it was pretty much four months of like heavy grieving Mm -hmm. where I was crying most nights in bed next to Mm -hmm. him. And, you know, he's not going to cry every time with me, but he's there with me. And he had to sit me down and say, listen, you have to get back to yourself. You won't be able to get pregnant again if you don't try to be happy again and try Mm -hmm. to accept it and move on. But it was really that I was in denial. Mm -hmm. I was heavily in denial that this ever happened and that I wanted to try to erase it and get pregnant the next month and the next month and the next month. And it wasn't happening. I, I, I spent eight or nine months not being pregnant after the first miscarriage because I was so you know, the energy wasn't right. You know, I didn't have that happiness going into trying to get pregnant again. It was just like, I have to be pregnant, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the fastest way possible. But he was very upset with me. The second one, he was very upset. He was away again. He, I told him over the phone, he had to stop the tour bus that he was on with his brother and get off and have the conversation. He was crying and it was, it was Mm -hmm. devastating because he, he felt terrible that he wasn't there for me again, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think men just grieve in a different way. He yeah. was grieving and, you know, it did, along the way he had talks with me. He's like, well, it's hard for me too, mm-hmm. you know. It's hard because I want to be a dad too. You know, he's 42. He mm-hmm. wants to be a dad again and again and again and mm-hmm. it's not happening and he's sad too and he doesn't know how to handle this situation. But I will say that I should have gone with my gut. As soon as I had my first miscarriage, I knew something was wrong. Mm. I knew that it wasn't just a bad egg. Everyone's like, oh, it's pandemic stress. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Next one will be good. You know, I listened to everybody around me except for myself. Even Max was like, you don't need a fertility specialist. You're crazy. Your hormones are raging, you know? And I would sit back and I'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I should just chill, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. I was wrong every time. And I should have listened to my gut. I should have taken myself and I would have had two more babies by now. I would have mm-hmm. been a mom of three, you know, in this time span. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I got to think of it that way. This episode is brought to you by Vegamore. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I am able to have noticeably thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Every cute pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Okay, so I got my box of Vegamore products and I've been using them all for the past month. The shampoo, the conditioner, the grow hair serum, the hair foam, the eyelash serum, the eyebrow serum. It's been about a month, like I said, and my hair really does feel stronger and thicker. Everything looks better. And the shampoo in particular, I have to say, smells really good. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily and my hair and scalp are feeling better than ever. Here's another cool thing. Vegamore has these great value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a time at great savings. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products that you need. And fun fact, guys, Vegamore sells one bottle of the Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So here is the deal, my beautiful listeners. For a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order by going to vegamore.com slash infertileaf 
and using code infertile AF at checkout. That's V E G A M O U R.com slash infertile AF code infertile AF to save 20% on your first order. V E G A M O U R.com slash infertile AF code infertile AF. Thanks Vegamore. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Absolutely. So imagine also just going through this in the public eye, you're worried about things leaking out or things being your story being told without you being behind the driver's seat. Right. Was that a concern too, that like something might slip out into the news that you didn't want to, or anything like that? In the end, yes, because I was starting to have those fertility appointments Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize, but that was one of the main clinics that other celebrities, the biggest celebrities than me, like I'm not a celebrity like that, but like big (laughs) people have Mm -hmm. gone in there and they have been photographed and, you know, coming out of there. And I didn't realize that. And one person told me that they said, Peter, be very careful when you go in there, you might get your story leaked. And I was like, oh gosh. And that's when I sat back and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want that to be leaked before I get to say my word. Absolutely. I want to ask about something you mentioned earlier, which I think is such a good point where you're saying, you know, you're healthy, you work out every day. And then you realize that that doesn't really go hand in hand with like reproduction. So, which is such an interesting point, because you would think you're healthy in every area, like this should be something that goes along with it. What did you know, like about your fertility before you got into this whole world? Like, because I admittedly didn't know much you know, I thought IVF was for people that wanted to have multiple babies. Like I had, was so clueless. Well, yeah, I thought IVF was so taboo. You only mm-hmm. do IVF if you're like a broken woman type of yeah. thing, you know, yeah. and you know, you have nothing left to give, you know, there's, mm-hmm. and I thought it had such a dark stain on the word IVF, you mm-hmm. know, and I was so ignorant and so wrong. And just because I had no idea that it could be for multiple reasons. And, you know, I was getting pregnant easily, uh, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't sustain it for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I guess being able to do that little portion of, you know, the fertilization outside of my body has been the gift because that's the part that you can't manage um, and look at while it's happening. So Mm -hmm having scientists, you know, look at it under a microscope and be mm-hmm. able to get it uh, genetically perfect and to pl- implant it back in. That's, that was my issue that we mm-hmm. couldn't see that little second ha- part of it, you know? Right. So was it three losses that you had before you went to a specialist? It was three. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry about that. So what made you finally decide, you know, I'm, I got to see somebody. It was my second miscarriage where I, I had, after my second miscarriage, I went to see like a hormonal doctor where I, and I found out that, yeah, my hormones weren't optimal for everything. Mm-hmm. But I kind of said to myself and Max, I said, if this happens to me one more time, that's it. Mm-hmm. I said, it is so bad for my mental health. It is such a traumatic thing to go down and I don't want to affect my family anymore. You know, I don't want to put Max through this. I don't want to put my son through this. I don't want him to see me cry anymore. And, you know, I just, I want to know and I want to have the answers that I should have had after my first miscarriage. And I need to do my due diligence in finding out what's really wrong with me. So when you went in, did they, were they able to give you, you know, a battery of tests and a diagnosis? I know you mentioned that you finally found out that you were, you have PCOS, right? Yeah. So we did a lot of tests and I mean so much blood. I'm sure you know. What you, <laughs> you feel like a pin cushion, right? Oh my gosh. It was just constant and constant ultrasounds as well on top of that. And mm-hmm. um, you know how it's so time specific, you know, in your cycle, it's like you're testing progesterone and estrogen at a time, and then you test them again in three days and it's just a lot. And yeah, they found out that my hormonal levels looked like I had PCOS. Mm-hmm. So that was that was it. And I kind of walked out of there with a piece of paper and I felt great about myself. And I, I don't know whether I should have felt great or not, but I came out with like answers that mm-hmm. I could tangibly like show my husband. I say, here, this is what's going on. You know, now right. we get to figure out a way around it and figure out how we're going to get the next kid. Absolutely. So. I think that's, that's a big part of it is getting some sort of diagnosis, even if it's not great news, it's like, but at least we know how to address yeah. this issue and you've got a plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was the, what did they tell you to do? Like, what was the treatment plan? So we had the option of keeping trying naturally. And I, I do believe that I could have gotten pregnant, but it might've taken me five years from now. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to wait. I, I really felt like I was on a time crunch. Shy just turned five. So I really feel like I want him to have a sibling and grow up with a sibling and not be 10 by the time I get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put it into full steam ahead. We did try one month of having, they gave me extra hormones to take a couple of pills to try it naturally, but just boosting my hormonal levels Mm -hmm. didn't work. I don't know why, but we went away for the weekend. We did it right. We did like Mm -hmm. a little spiritual cleanse and everything wasn't meant to be. So I walked in there straight away the next day and I said, called Max. I said, I'm doing IVF. Goodbye. I love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Walked in there to Dr. Surrey and I just said, listen, let's go. I'm ready. And it was so gratifying. I was so happy. I was just like, I have my answers now Mm -hmm. I can move forward. Right. And it's almost like that thing of you were listening to your guts, right? You said you knew all along something was wrong. So it's almost like a justification too, where you're like, I knew it. I knew something was wrong. Right. Yep, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so great that you advocated for yourself and you did go see somebody. So how long ago did you, did you start this IVF process and everything? And where are you right now? Um, it's about beginning of June. I really kind of put my foot down and, and made that decision right now. We have made embryos, mm. we have fertilized eggs and we are just waiting to hear the number and the gender. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. It's just a waiting period, as you know. Right. Um, So you did a retrieval and you're doing some testing and waiting for the results of that. 
Yes, yes. Okay. I do believe that at least half of those 40 eggs at least are going to be not viable. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 35, so I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't have these super high expectations of, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to have 40 babies there. Right. No, I'm right. going to have hopefully, you know, two. <laughs> right. Amazing. So, and how are yeah. you feeling? Like, how are you feeling mentally? How are you feeling physically? How did you respond to the stims and all the drugs and all that stuff? Um, at first, I mean, right now I feel mentally really great. I feel happy. I feel confident and just hopeful body is like still it's, it's weird. When I first started taking the injections and the stims, I didn't feel like I was gaining weight at all. Like I was like, wow, this is okay. I'm I'm fine. And then Dr. Sari is like, Oh, just wait a second, you know? And so, yeah, I have definitely gained like five to seven pounds. I don't feel like myself as in body wise, I feel a little bit absolutely better after the egg retrieval because mm-hmm. after my egg retrieval, my stomach was huge. I don't mm-hmm. know about yours, but it mm-hmm. was five months pregnant. Huge. Okay. It was like that for a good four days before it started to yeah. calm down and go back to normal. And yeah. I, I was like, is this, is this normal? Cause my stomach's really big. And they said, that's because we were <laughs> up there a long time because we had 40 eggs to aspirate. Right. So normally people have, they said like three to four eggs that we're grabbing, but we had to grab 40 eggs out of you. So it took longer. That's why you're going to have a little bit more downtime. And I was like, okay. Absolutely. Right. But yeah, I feel my body doesn't feel the normal Peter, but my mind does. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned before we started recording, I'd love for you to say again, why do you think it's so important to share your story in the public eye and talk about this stuff? because it's just not spoken about enough. Again, I was ignorant. I didn't know how many people are actually having miscarriages. Women are having miscarriages. How many of my friends and colleagues and acquaintances that I've met along the way have said, Hey, I had one too, you know, three years ago. Like I didn't know any of this stuff. I thought that there was something majorly wrong with me. And, you know, I'm the only one out of my circle and it's just not spoken about enough because it is so huge. There's millions of people that this is happening to. And again, I thought it was such a small portion, like, you know, 0.1% or whatever. It is like Mm -hmm. one in four women Mm -hmm. have a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. So that blew my mind. And Mm -hmm. I I, I love that you're doing this podcast because people get to be included and they get to share their stories and Mm -hmm. not feel like you're an outsider and just not alone. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And last question is if you, you know, somebody might be listening to this, who's just in the shit right now, you know, they're just having a terrible time and feeling really down. Do you have any words of advice for someone who might be new to the infertility world or just not really sure what they're doing? Anything you've learned along the way that you could pass along? I think my best advice would be to feel what you need to feel. And don't apologize for it. If you're having bad days, have a bad day. Because along the way, I really tried to not have some bad days and it's okay. And I, if you need to sit and cry for a whole day, sit and cry for a whole day, because the next day is going to be beautiful and you're going to be smiling and you can be hopeful. But I think just really listen to yourself, listen to your gut and, and, and know that you are the best person to make the decisions for you. Thank you. 
thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks again to PETA for sharing her story. We are rooting so hard for you. You guys can follow her story. She's really open with it now on Instagram. And of course, watch Dancing with the Stars. You can see her and Max, hopefully, again soon. And I just want to thank her again for being so open about everything. It really helps when people who are in the public eye talk about this stuff, as you know, blasting stigmas and just making it more comfortable for anybody to talk about. So PETA, I can't thank you enough. And also guys, if you're looking for more support, definitely check out Fertility Rally, which is the community that I co-founded. It offers four support groups a week. We have two private Facebook groups. We have so much content, so many videos. We have IRL events. We have Fertility Rally Live twice a year, which is our all-day event with speakers and giveaways and community. And it's just the place I wish I had when I was going through it. So we're 400 plus members strong throughout the world. If you want to join us, definitely reach out check us out on Instagram at Fertility Rally. You can DM us with questions. You can also DM me always at Stories on IG, or you can email us at thefertilityrally at gmail.com. So check out Fertility Rally if you're seeking support. Thanks again to PETA and to Max and to Shy. Thank you guys for listening and I'll talk to you next time. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details